Good morning. In today's headlines, U.S. Supreme Court decisions from Tuesday, one concerning abortion and another on voting laws. A Pfizer executive makes an admission about the company's COVID-19 vaccine. A member of the European Parliament called the revelation shocking. Immigration and Customs Enforcement is enthusiastic about its alternatives to detention program, but how much is it costing U.S. taxpayers? Democratic lawmakers say they want to hold Saudi Arabia accountable for OPEC's production cuts. They are sponsoring a new bill on the issue. And when you think of bees, you probably think of honey and food pollination, but you might be surprised that these buzzing insects can help improve the lives of returning veterans. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. And I'm Evelyn Lee. Good Wednesday morning. It's October 12th today. And you know, Evelyn, giving out a little illegal, giving out cell phones to illegal immigrants, that's not really a new idea. That was going on back in 2021 too. But the Biden administration, they increased the program nearly tenfold this year. Right. And you're right about that. But we'll delve, hold on with that because we'll delve into that soon. So let's kick off with another initiative the president is promoting for now. The student debt relief program has survived initial court challenges. The Biden administration has now released a preview application for people seeking relief of up to $20,000. Entity's Daniel Monahan has more on that. The administration has published the application form, which has boxes for information such as name, social security number, and date of birth. Biden and Education Secretary Miguel Cardona announced the scheme in September. People are eligible for relief if they make less than $125,000 annually or are married and make less than $250,000 annually as a couple. People applying for the program are warned that by signing the form, they're certifying that all of the information is correct. That means they could get in trouble if they claim to be eligible but are not. A separate document for verifying a person's income has also been released. It says an applier must provide a tax return or tax return transcript from the IRS from 2020 or 2021. Officials have said they hope to start canceling debt in October. Tens of millions of Americans were expected to be eligible, though the administration quietly scaled back eligibility in late September. Officials say the relief is allowed under the Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students Act of 2003. That law lets the Education Secretary take certain actions during a national emergency. Officials say the COVID-19 pandemic is such an emergency. Multiple legal challenges have been filed against the plan asserting the pandemic does not meet the definition of an emergency. Several of the lawsuits have been thrown out, while others are still moving forward. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Next, we're taking a look at U.S. Supreme Court rulings from yesterday, one regarding the rights of unborn children and the other concerning rules for mail-in ballots. And today's Jeremy Sandberg takes us through the court's decisions. On Tuesday, the U.S. Supreme Court turned away a case seeking clarification on what rights unborn children have. Catholics for Life and two mothers had challenged a 2019 Rhode Island law called the Reproductive Privacy Act that allows abortions up until birth. They questioned the constitutionality of the law, noting that the U.S. Constitution's 14th Amendment says no state shall deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. They argue that the case presents the opportunity for the court to decide if fetuses possess due process and equal protection rights under the 14th Amendment. Their case was dismissed by a Rhode Island judge and then the Rhode Island Supreme Court. 
the state Supreme Court cited how the Supreme Court in Roe v. Wade concluded that the word person in the 14th Amendment does not include the unborn. The petitioners appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court and were rejected. The Supreme Court also vacated an appeals court decision requiring Pennsylvania to count mail-in ballots with undated envelopes on Tuesday. The Third Circuit had ruled that invalidating undated ballots would violate a provision of the Civil Rights Act that aims to ensure minor ballot errors do not deny someone the right to vote. Pennsylvania law requires voters to write the date on the outer envelope of a mail-in ballot. The case is being returned to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit with instructions to dismiss the case. The Supreme Court's action means that the Third Circuit ruling cannot be used as a precedent to allow counting ballots with minor flaws for states in its jurisdiction. That includes Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. And some news on the ongoing dispute between the Department of Justice and former President Trump. Trump asked the Supreme Court to intervene in the case over documents seized from his home in Florida. He wants the high court to lift an appeals court decision that blocks a special master from reviewing documents marked classified. The DOJ asked the Supreme Court on Tuesday to reject Trump's request. The court is expected to review the matter in the coming days. And a former congresswoman and presidential candidate is leaving the Democratic Party. Tulsi Gabbard made the announcement in the first edition of her new podcast yesterday. The video got over 5 million views in 10 hours and a lot of celebratory comments on Twitter. NTD's Arlene Richards reports. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party. It's now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness. After serving for 20 years in the Democratic Party, Tulsi Gabbard said in her first podcast of The Tulsi Gabbard Show, she wasn't inspired by the Democratic Party anymore. Gabbard said she was leaving the party and explained why. Who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism. Who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms enshrined in our Constitution. And who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality. Gabbard served four terms in Congress, retiring in 2021. She dropped out of the 2020 race for president and supported candidate Joe Biden. But in recent months, Gabbard has vocally criticized President Biden. She told Fox News the president is a threat to democracy. It's clear that through his speech, through his actions and policies, he cares more about power than he does about the freedom and well-being of the American people. And he's Gabbard said she joined the Democratic Party because I was drawn to the ideals of a big tent inclusive Democratic Party that stood up for working men and women. She now calls on other independent-minded Democrats to join her in leaving the party. Arlene Richards, NTD News, New York. Tulsi Gabbard was elected in 2012 as the first Samoan American. Yeah, and the first Hindu member of Congress, actually. That's right. She also served two tours in the Middle East in the Army National Guard. And when asked if any of her former Democratic colleagues reached out to her after her announcement, she laughed and said just one, and that the person sent her a text with three thumbs up. Next, Democrats introduced legislation yesterday that would ban arms sales to Saudi Arabia for a year. Saudi Arabia has faced attacks by Democrats because of a decision by OPEC Plus to sharply cut oil production. The bill's sponsors are Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut and Representative Ro Khanna of California. They accuse the Saudis of having colluded with Russia in its decision to cut production. 
The two noted that an arms embargo could be disastrous for Saudi Arabia's defensive capacity. They say the OPEC cut will worsen global inflation and undermine U.S. efforts to reduce gas prices. The cost of gas and other energy sources have increased dramatically since President Biden took office. Critics point out that he halted construction of the Keystone XL pipeline. He also placed a memoratorium on leasing federal lands to natural gas and oil companies. Dan Kish from the Institute of Energy Research criticized Biden's reliance on dirtier foreign oil while cutting domestic production. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre addressed the situation with Saudi Arabia. We believe by, uh, by the decision that OPEC Plus made last week, they certainly are uh, aligning themselves with Russia. And right now, this is not a time uh, to be aligning uh, with Russia, especially with this brutal, unprecedented uh, war that they have started uh, in, in Ukraine. And President Biden continues to insist his trip to Saudi Arabia, where he reportedly hoped to achieve production increases, was never about oil. Next, a Pfizer executive is admitting that the drug maker's COVID-19 vaccine was not tested on preventing transmission. This is during a meeting of the European Parliament. Take a look. European Parliament member Rob Ruse pressed a Pfizer executive about the company's COVID-19 vaccine during a Parliament session on Tuesday. Here's a clip of that exchange. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. The lawmaker who represents the Netherlands posted the exchange on Twitter, which has generated over 5 million views by Tuesday afternoon. In it, he also spoke out against vaccine passports. This removes the entire legal basis for the COVID passport. The COVID passport that led to massive institutional discrimination as people lost access to essential parts of society. I find this to be shocking, even criminal. This is scandalous. Millions of people worldwide felt forced to get vaccinated because of the myth that you do it for others. Now this turned out to be a cheap lie. This should be exposed. Back in late 2020, the FDA wrote that there was no data available to determine whether the vaccine would prevent transmission of the virus or for how long. The agency said, quote, at this time, data are not available to make a determination about how long the vaccine will provide protection, nor is there evidence that the vaccine prevents transmission. And around the same time, Pfizer CEO Albert Berla said his firm was not certain if those who receive its vaccine will be able to transmit COVID-19 to other people. Initially, a number of officials in the United States and around the world claimed that COVID-19 vaccines could prevent transmission. Later, Dr. Fauci, CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky and others pivoted to say the vaccine prevents severe disease, hospitalization and death from COVID-19. Meanwhile, the CDC won't release its review of heart inflammation reports following COVID-19 vaccination. It has been submitting reports on the topic to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. But the agency says federal law prevents it from releasing the results. 
U.S. Department of Homeland Security agencies gave out over 250,000 trackable smartphones to illegal immigrants over the last fiscal year. That's according to recently published data on the Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE, website. The cost for the phones and their accompanying technology is close to $250,000 per day. That's about $89 million over a year. The individual is responsible for checking in with ICE on a regular basis, usually by sending in a geotagged selfie. ICE began giving out the phones within the past year as border stations started becoming overwhelmed. Agents started processing illegal border crossers under a newly created category called Parole Plus ATD. ATD is an alternative to detention program. It acts as a workaround for the legal requirement to detain illegal border crossers. Under parole status, illegal immigrants don't have to provide Border Patrol with evidence of credible fear for asylum. They're permitted entry without any preconditions, except for a quick background check in the U.S. Crime Database. U.S. Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz says the large driver of the border crisis is a lack of consequences for illegal entry and that the numbers will keep increasing as long as the Biden administration isn't detaining or removing most illegal immigrants. And coming up, if you've ever wanted to visit Japan, now could be a good time. The yen is at the lowest level against the dollar since 1998. And a new report says fraud on Zelle is rampant and increasing. How can you protect yourself? Find out after the break. Welcome back. If you've ever wanted to visit Japan, now could be a good time. The yen fell to a 24-year low against the U.S. dollar on Wednesday. Japanese officials could intervene to prop the currency up. They already intervened last month. Traders are bracing for updates on inflation and corporate earnings. The weaker yen raises costs for consumers and businesses rely on imports, but the boost for foreign currencies is expected to increase tourism. Japan fully reopened to tourists this week. The country was closed for over two years because of the pandemic. Honda says it will build a $3.5 billion joint venture battery factory in rural southern Ohio. The car maker will hire 2,200 staff for the facility as it starts to turn the state into its North American electric vehicle hub. Our operations here will play a key role as a new EV hub. We will develop the know-how, and expertise in EV production. In addition to the new electric vehicles that will be produced at these three separate plants, we are announcing today that the batteries these vehicles will rely on to run will also be produced right here in the state of Ohio. The company also plans to invest $700 million and add 300 jobs at three of its own Ohio factories to prepare them to start making EVs and components. The battery plant will be built jointly with LG Energy Solution of South Korea and could see a total investment of nearly $4.5 billion. The plant site is located off Interstate 71 in Fayette County, about 40 miles from the state capital of Columbus. Senator Elizabeth Warren released a report that says fraud and theft is an increasing problem on Zelle. Four banks report that while in 2020 fraud claims were in excess of $90 million, that amount is expected to reach $255 million in 2022. So how can you protect yourself? I spoke to an expert. Joining me now is Elberg Files. He is the president of Financial Examinations and Evaluations, Inc. Good to have you, Burke. 
Thank you very much. So Zelle frauds are apparently an increasing problem. And first of all, I want to know what are the most common scams out there? I mean, what do we look for? The, the common scams are the same ones we've seen for years, just with a different payment platform. It's uh, pressuring someone that they have to pay a utility bill, they have to pay a ticket. Um, that's Those types of high-pressure scams have been around for years. They're just using a new platform, Zelle or Venmo or any one of the other DeFi payment apps. So what does that mean? They pressure you? Do they give you a call? Do they write you emails? What are the red flags there? Uh, immediacy. Um, either you pay your water bill today or we're going to turn your water off. Either you pay this assessment or ticket today or we're going to send the police to come pick you up. It's that type of immediacy and pressure that is in a lot of the scams that you're seeing with the, the, the DeFi platforms. Um, but these are the same things that have been around for 40, 50 years. It's just a new method of payment. Right, so scare tactics. And how would you suggest people protect themselves best? Um, be an informed consumer. If someone is pressuring you on the phone to pay something immediately, the IRS, the water department, the gas department doesn't call you and say, we're turning your power off today unless you pay uh, by a, a mobile app. That doesn't happen. So you just have to put that to the side and say thank you, but no. And then call the uh, call the utility company or, or whatever the person demanding payment is and find out what's going on. Right, double checking. And um, I mean, what if there are still chances that, you know, somebody falls for it. And what if you do? Is there a way to get your money back from the banks in that case? Um, the way the law is written and the way the banks work is pretty straightforward. If there's a compromised account, the account was compromised either because of your error or the bank's error, there is a means for uh, recouping that loss. If you've been scammed, I'm sorry, the bank is not going to pick up the debt for your misjudgment uh, in risk assessment. Uh, you can't blame the bank for you buying... Uh, you, you making a payment you shouldn't have made any more than you can blame a car maker for uh, buying a defective TV out of the trunk of someone's car. Well, sometimes you can reverse the payment, right? Um, in some cases, is that also possible here? In yes. a certain time frame? It has to be quick. It has to be very quick. And we're talking hours, not days. I'll tell you what the scammers do. As soon as they get that money into their account, since it's all digital and they can just use something like this to move it, they'll move it because the criminals aren't stupid, but they are criminals. And they will move that money out of the account where it can be reversed out of um, with as soon as they can. I see. Well, thank you so much for great some great advice today. I really appreciate it. For Elberg Files, thank you. Thank you. Coming up, remembering the award-winning actress and singer Angela Lansbury. Her three children revealing that she died peacefully in her sleep at home in Los Angeles, just five days shy of her 97th birthday. And when you think of bees, you probably think of honey and food pollination. But you might be surprised that these buzzing insects can help improve the lives of returning veterans. Find out more after the break.
award-winning versatile actress and singer Angela Lansbury has died. Lansbury took her final bow at the age of 96. Let's take a look back at the life and legacy of one of the greatest on film, stage and television. Angela Lansbury became a household name in 1984 with the TV series Murder, She Wrote. She played mystery writer Jessica Fletcher, who was also good at solving crimes. The British actress made the role seem effortless and earned 12 Emmy nominations during the show's successful run. Well, I am impressed. Born in October 1925 in London, Lansbury got her big break as Nancy in the 1944 film Gaslight. She earned her first Best Supporting Oscar nomination for her work opposite Ingrid Bergman. The picture of Dorian Gray garnered Lansbury her second Supporting Oscar nomination in 1945. She worked steadily throughout the 50s, and then the Manchurian Candidate came along in 1962. She scored her third Best Supporting Actress Academy Award nomination. In the 1971 musical Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, the versatile performer showcased her singing chops. She also shined in several musicals on Broadway, including Sweeney Todd and Gypsy. The gifted performer earned five Tony Awards throughout her career. In 1991, a new generation of fans discovered Lansbury when she voiced the character of Mrs. Potts in the animated film Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. The distinguished actress received a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Screen Actors Guild in 1996 and was also given the National Medal of the Arts the following year. Medal of Honor of the Arts given uh, at the White House, that, that was a tremendous honor to me. The mother of three returned to the big screen in 2005 in Nanny McPhee and again in 2011 opposite Jim Carrey in Mr. Popper's Penguins. You're tenacious, Papa. It turns out Angela Lansbury was the tenacious one, gaining accolades for her work on stage and screen over seven decades, a performance even Jessica Fletcher would be surprised by. What a legend. I remember the series Murder, She Wrote. They replayed it for years on German TV. Really? I didn't know that. You know, and it really is great looking back at her part in Gaslight. Those black and white films have a charm to them. Oh, yeah. And so now we end our show with Inspired of the Day, a charity aims to help veterans with mental health issues and to stop veteran suicides by providing purpose and meaning through beekeeping. Here's Entity's Kostemines to tell us what all the buzz is about. Steve Jimenez is a veteran who served in the Marines. He returned to civilian life in 2011. By 2018, his mental state nearly led him to suicide. But who would know that it would be bees that would change his life? It was a very tough transition for me, and bees saved my life. After being introduced to beekeeping by a friend at an event, he decided to found his charity, Ives for Heroes. The charity provides veterans with a sense of purpose and meaning, but there is more to it. The social order of bees is structured similar to the military. This means veterans can feel like on a military mission where they work as a team towards a clear goal. I think that is why for veterans it kind of is really beneficial because it kind of brings you back into that uh, mindset of kind of like a one team, one goal. Uh, it definitely helps with uh, mental health and uh, definitely get, us, get some workout and with the uh, lifting up the heavy boxes of honey. They are also surrounded by others who served in the military, thus regaining a sense of family. We tell everybody we're not a bee organization, we're a people organization that utilizes bees 
as a conduit to get connected to yourself. Like truly just connected to yourself. Suicides among veterans sadly are quite common. After leaving the military, many struggle with getting reacquainted with civilian life. Many turn to alcohol and drugs and suffer from post-traumatic stress syndrome. Once you're out of the military, because the military becomes so much of who and what you are, that loss of community leads us down that slippery path of substance abuse and potentially suicide. Jimenez says that his charity provides purpose and connection. The organization also does a fair bit to save the honeybees. He says their goals are to conserve and grow the honeybee as a pollinator. And he points out that about every three spoonfuls of food that you put in your mouth is pollinated by a bee. Hives for Heroes has grown exponentially since its inception. This summer, in one week alone, Steve received 30 applications across the globe. It's our first day of spring today, so they're out in the backyard now buzzing around. With all the success Hives for Heroes has had in its three years, one might say it's the bee's knees. Costa Menes, NTD News. Such a great cause. Yes, and PTSD is a serious issue. About 10 to 30 percent of veterans in the U.S. alone suffer from it. I agree. It's absolutely serious. So it's great that there is more help now for them. Uh, we're wrapping up the program on that note. Don't forget to shoot us an email with any ideas or feedback you may have. That's it for today. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Kevin Hogan.